All right, welcome everybody. Come on in, find a seat. Welcome. Good to see all of you. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing okay? Yeah? Good. Looks like we're filling up well here. Maybe raise your hand at your table if you've got an extra seat. Any open seats? We've got a few right up in the front here. There we go. Got a few more right over here. All right. All right, well, good deal. Well, hey, I just want to say my name is Jeff Dart, and I uh, just want to welcome all of you here tonight. We're so excited uh, to have you here, see many new faces, and so it's just great to be uh, together uh, for another semester of D6. We're excited uh, for this semester, for what we'll be doing in this room, but also for what is happening in, in our kids' rooms across the hallway and also downstairs, and then also for what we'll be able to experience together as families uh, later on tonight. So if you're brand new to D6, um, I wanted to tell you just a little bit about uh, why we do what we do and um, kind of this the, the, the premise uh, behind it. Uh, we really feel that, that the family um, is... Uh, an awesome entity that God has created, but also that God has given us the church. And we feel like when the family and the church can come together, that's when there's the greatest impact. And um, this, even the name of this ministry, D6, um, it comes from a passage in the Old Testament that I just want to share with you briefly. This is where we got the name. This is where we, um, this is really the foundation of this ministry and, and really why we're together these, um, these coming uh, seven weeks. And so um, here it is. This is uh, at the end of Moses' life. And imagine him He's standing before these people that he loves, and he wants to pass on to them the, the most important thing he possibly could, his, his faith. And he wants them to be able to pass on their faith to the next generation and the next generation after that. And so here it is. This is Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Moses says this. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. And then he says this, he's talking now to, to parents. First, it was, he was talking, first he was talking to parents. He's saying, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then, and then he goes on, he says, okay, here it is. As a parent now, verse 7, he says, impress these things on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And then verse 8, he says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And what Moses was wanting to communicate overall was he was saying this, he's saying, and this is just true of every single one of us in here, he's saying, you have the knowledge of who God is, and he's saying, you've got this incredible opportunity to be able to pass that legacy down to the next generation and then the next generations after you. And so we look at D6 and we go, okay, we see that God calls parents uh, to be these primary spiritual leaders in their homes. But we know that's not easy. Um, it's not easy at all. And so this ministry, D6, is all about how can the church help the family so that families thrive on the spiritual front. So that's our goal with um, everything we do with D6. Christine and I were having um, one of these nights that I, I hope some of you can relate to. I think many of you can. Uh, it was a, a hard night recently for us. Uh, we've been kind of going through, a, I would say, a more challenging season in parenting than maybe we ever have in our long nine, ten year of parenting, you know. And um, so we were uh, at the end of the night, and it had been rough. And I remember this. I sat down in the chair, and I just said, it was kind of one of those, oh, and we both just kind of looked at each other. 
And I said, man, this parenting gig, it is not for the faint of heart, you know? And we kind of laughed, you know? And, and you all get that. You get the fact that parenting is hard. It, it, it requires a lot of um, tenacity and uh, fortitude, that kind of thing. Uh, you understand that there are times when, and we feel this way too, there are times as a parent when you feel like, wow, what a joy it is. You know, I look at my kids and I'm just so excited for how things are going. But man, there are other times when you just go, whoa, this is really frustrating and this is really hard. There are times when you feel like you're a success, like, wow, I'm, I'm doing well as a parent. I might write a book. And then there are other times where you're like, I need to read all books on parenting tonight, you know? Um, you know what that feels like. There are other times, and you've maybe experienced this, where you feel like you're surrounded by good people that are helping you become a great parent. You know what that feels like. These uh, come tonight and these coming seven weeks, uh, I would make a commitment to, to these nights because the, they will be that for you, a strong, uh, helpful boost for you in parenting. So there are times when you feel encouraged, but there are also there are times when, honestly, you feel alone as a parent, um, and you even wonder... Does what happens under our roof happen anywhere else? Anyone ever had that thought? I'm the only, okay, good. Just me and you. We should get coffee and just share wounds together maybe. But, but we, we think that at our house. We go, wow, this isn't always easy, is it, right? And so what we want to do is we want to come alongside you. One of our values with D6 is this, that there are no perfect parents. Um, we believe that we're all on this journey together. And so over the course of this semester, what we're going to do is we're going to say, every time you come here, we want to help equip you just to get a little bit better. Um, there are no perfect parents. There's nobody that's got it all figured out. But we come here and we just say, okay, God, God of the universe, you created us. You gave us this incredible responsibility to parent these kids and to lead them to know Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we're coming together as learners, and we're saying we want to get better. Um, so tonight, I'm really excited because um, we're going to just give you some very practical tools right off the bat. And we're, I'm very excited to have Kyle and Melissa Cheatham here with us tonight, and they're going to be sharing with you. Um, Kyle and Melissa have been a huge blessing in my own uh, life and um, gotten to know them over the course of the years, and they have um, just been incredible, uh, incredible people. Many of you know who they are. Um, I've been in a small group with Kyle the last couple of years, and there have been several different times when this whole topic of how do you discipline your kids in a, in a godly way has been, been brought up, and it's just been a snippet here, a snippet there, and then Kyle and I have gotten together kind of offline out of the group, and we've talked a little bit more about it, and um, I'll tell you what, after about the fifth time that this subject got brought up, I thought to myself, our D6 audience would value so much from hearing from Kyle and Melissa on this subject as they seek God um, uh, to parent their own kids. The thing that I appreciate about them is that they're really going hard after God on, on a personal level, but they're also parenting their kids very intentionally. They don't have it all figured out. They're not perfect. They'd be the first to tell you that. Um, but they're having some success in some different areas, and um, it's fun to be able to have them uh, be able to, to share with this uh, crowd here tonight. So I'm going to pray for us, and then Kyle and Melissa will come up, and, um, and we'll begin to share. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Um, Lord, we thank you for everybody in this room. Lord, we thank you for everyone in the overflow room tonight. And um, God, we're just, uh, we're grateful. We're grateful to be here. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that it's a, it's a true reality that when the church and when the family comes together, that's when we can have the greatest impact. And so, Lord, we're praying that this semester you would really lead us and guide us. We pray that the power of God um, would be alive and well in our hearts and in our homes, Lord. Um, so we commit this time to you. We pray now for Kyle and Melissa, and I thank you for them, Lord. So we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 
Well, I want to tell you just as they come up, just a little bit about the topic that they're going to talk about. Um, as you think about discipline, you disciplining your kids, um, it's a topic that I know uh, you might wrestle with. There are times when you feel like I'm getting it right, and there are other times you feel like, whoa, I, I don't know. This is, this is really a challenge. So tonight, what they're going to talk about, they're not going to cover all the bases on discipline by any stretch, but they're going to talk about what does it mean for a parent to obey the commands of God and also for a parent to help their child know, hey, child, I'm on the same team as you, but at the same time as I'm under God and I'm on your team, also there's this huge deal that you're responsible for your actions. And so how do we communicate well with our kids and, and lead them down a good path? So yeah, with that, thank you guys so much. Let's give these guys a warm welcome. Do you want to sit at the table? We're going to be behind the table, we decided. Hello. Thanks, Jeff. Um, you know, I just want to reiterate what Jeff said. This is a, uh, go ahead, Melissa, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I'm a little nervous. Um, we were just, it's kind of funny the topic we're talking about tonight because we just actually ate at Noodles and when we were getting ready to leave, um, our four-year-old decided to try and pick up our baby out of the, um, out of where she was sitting and basically about this explosion basically happened and this mom who was over there kind of looked at you like, you know, you get that look sometimes as parents are like, um, you know, basically, have you ever parented a child before? You're like there, and so you have this really moment of vulnerability and weakness right before you're getting ready to come up and share with the church. It really builds your confidence. Um, but th this topic we're going to talk about tonight, um, I can just say from my own personal experience, I, I didn't grow up in a family, honestly, that, that modeled this really well. It wasn't something I felt like going into um, being parents that I felt like, man, we've got this down. We're ready to go. This is natural to us. I felt like it's been a challenge. And there's some verses we're going to share tonight that um, Melissa and I have really clinged to at times where we felt like, man, we're, we're struggling. We're, we're not doing as well as we want to do. And I can tell you, if you come to us two years from now, perhaps we'll be in a different phase where um, we'll, we'll be laying on you guys as well. So I love the, the mindset of D6 that we're here together to learn together. And I think this topic of discipline, and, and it's not going to be just as an FYI, we're not going to be talking about how to discipline or timeouts and, and that sort of thing. It's not about strategies. It's more about a spiritual mindset in the home. Um, and so to us, we're excited about it. It's not, we're definitely not experts by any means, but it's something we really enjoy. We're really passionate about the topic because we view it as something that's really the key to our family being close. I think discipline is the key for us of having a really tight-knit family and a family that, that's doing what God wants. And I, I don't know that I would have viewed it that way a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are scared about discipline because like the last thing you want to do is you work this whole day and you want to come home and have this great time with your child, you know, like how is school? That's so wonderful and have this time. So the last thing you want to do is like discipline them, right? Like send them to time out. Like we see that as almost harming our kid, but just the way we've thought about it and learned about it, it's actually this beautiful time between our kids and us, and we kind of just want to share that with you. But like Kyle said, we are not experts. We do not have it all going on. I was watching my four-year-old come into this room. He looks like he has not been bathed in weeks. You will see him, bottom dirty, pen all over his pants, face a mess. You know, that's beautiful, right, as a mom of a four-year-old. But we are not perfect, but thanks for hearing what we have to say. So we, we spent some time um, a couple years ago thinking about um, this, this idea of a target, about when our kids are 26, 27 years old, if there was, if there was two things we, we got across in our family that we would say, man, we can fail at a lot of different things. And I don't know if you guys feel this way, but in the busyness of life sometimes, um, taking time back to kind of establish a vision 
for our family, um, sometimes it can easily be something that you never do, you know, and so for us, we had to take a step back and say, what are the two things that we'd feel like, you know, when we're 20, when our kids are older, if they only got two things, what would they be? Mm-hmm. And, um, and this will be one of the big takeaways that, that we want to encourage all of us to think about, um, kind of one of the main points tonight is if, if you haven't got a chance to do that with your family, um, I guess that what I'm going to say before I mention the two is we were really surprised that after we came up with these two things, how much it was integrated in the discipline of what we were doing on every day. Once we had these two things, it was like they were also automatically bleeding into the discipline we were doing. So we were getting kind of a double benefit out of it. And so just to be more practical, those, those two things for us, well, so you can share them. Okay. Well, yeah, just as Kyle was saying, like when, when we are gone, like let's say we die tomorrow and our kids are, are left, right? What are the two things that we want them to take with us? And there is so much stuff out there, right? There are so many things. We're like, well, we want you to know this and this and this, but simplifying it, we have it down to two. And those two things was that one, God has big plans for their life. And two is that God loves them no matter what. Because as their journey goes, when they are 26, 27, they will make tons of bad decisions, right? They will sin a ton. But just knowing that God still loves them and that God still has big plans in their their life, they just have to know that. That's what we felt. So those were the two things that we really wanted to ingrain. You know, I I remember the first time someone told me that, that God's got big plans for your life. I, I, I couldn't believe how much it impacted me. I was 18 years old, and I wasn't a Christian at the time. Um, and it was a lady I didn't even really know that well. And I can remember almost like yesterday where I was standing, the look on her face. And I remember feeling like, and as she explained it, and this is what we, we try to talk to our kids a lot about, is that um, the God of the universe, the one who created you, um, he's, got, he's got such awesome things in store for your life. I can't wait. And this is a phrase we use a lot. I can't wait to see what it's going to be. I just can't wait, Cole. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in your life. And just as an aside on that to clarify, I'm not talking about, um, like, success in the way a lot of the, the way the world views it. And like, I'm viewing it in terms of, and Steve and I have talked about this when we work out. Um, he's really instilled in me this mindset that God wants you to succeed in every possible way in life. Mean, and, and what I mean by succeed is the idea of a meaningful marriage, like, rich relationships, like, a life that has lasting impact. And so, uh, to maximize the one life you have. And so, one of the things that we try to tell them about a lot, and you're gonna, we're going to talk in a minute how this instills into how we discipline, but this idea of always telling them, I can't wait to see what it's going to be. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in your life. It's going to be awesome. Um, I can't wait to sit back and see it. You're getting choked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, the other thing just within that, is that I can't wait to see what it's going to be. And Cole, I don't know why I keep picking on Cole. Maybe it's because he's my favorite. Um, I'm not supposed to say that. (laughs) Um, But this idea that God is for you. And and, and what I mean by for God's purpose is he's for you to accomplish big things. God's on your team. And we're going to get into this in a minute, but it's the idea of God's on your team. God's got huge plans for you. And my job as a dad is to do everything I can to help you help you succeed in that way. My job is to do everything I can to help you align with what God wants for your life. So, and you know, these two things that we're talking about, we just didn't go willy-nilly picking them out, but we really backed them by scripture too. And the first one is in Ephesians 2.10, and that verse that says, we are God's handiwork. It says, created in Christ to do good works. God's prepared that in advance for us to do. And so, it's sort of like, you know, the question that every kid gets asked is, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? And so it's that, but on a different scale. So like Cole, for example, all of a sudden, 
he wants to be this professional basketball player, right? Well, even Cole at his young age knows that he can't just walk out there and be a professional basketball player, right? He has to know the rules. He has to get the skill. It's gonna take time and work. And so that's kind of the same thing that we're using then when we talk to him about what God has planned for their lives. Cause he's not just gonna step out there without knowing the rules and without knowing what's going on, right? So that's also how we're gonna talk about it in discipline in a little bit, because God has great plans for you, and our job is to teach you the rules. And don't misunderstand what we're saying. It's not about working your way towards God. I hope that's, no. not, that's not coming across that way. But it is this mindset that you don't just wake up and, and without any spiritual disciplines, without trying to follow God, and, and you're ready like that to do what God calls you to. It's, it's about wanting to be in line each step with God and, and trying to convey that idea um, that we're going to help you get there. We're on your team. Um, I don't know if you guys have read the book Wild at Heart. Um, has anybody in here read that book? Um, it's, it's called, I, I like to call it like the man book. You know, it's talking about kind of how dads can instill in their sons this idea that they have what it takes. And uh, in that book, there's a, there's a kind of a, if I summarize what I remember, like this one main statement was when the author was talking about rock climbing with his kids and he helped set up the whole thing where his made it real safe, but then he was at the bottom and like watched his son climb up, right? And each step he would walk up and his son got to this point where there was this overhang and it was really a vulnerable moment and his son started crying, he couldn't do it and, and he, his dad was like, come on down son, we'll go to another one that's more fun and he said, no, I'm going to do it dad, I'm going to do it and so the dad coached him along and, and eventually the, the son made it all the way up and um, while he was working his way up, the dad didn't even remember saying this, but he said, good job Max, you're a wild man. And, and afterwards, the son came up to him just in a random moment hours later and said, Dad, did you, did you really think I was a, a wild man up there? And, uh, and, his, and his dad said, in, in this quote in the book, he said, if you miss that question, you, you miss the question that every one of your kids is asking. They're asking, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? And so for us, we want them to know that God's got this big plan for your life and you absolutely have what it takes and we will do everything we can to help you get there, including discipline, including when you disrespect your mom or you do this. It's not just about us saying, don't do that. You, you broke a rule in our house. It's about you disobey God. God's got big plans and you don't want to let him down. You need to be in line with what God wants for your life. It's not about when we talk about rules, it's not about our rules as a family. It's about God's rules. And, and we'll talk about it. We failed a lot. I, I can tell you that when it comes to the rules aspect, I don't know if you guys have kind of came home one day and set a certain precedent. Like in our family, we won't do this. And then all of a sudden later on that day, it's happening. And then maybe you don't discipline as well as you should. And then all of a sudden it's weeks goes by and you're like, man, there's still, my kids are still struggling in this way. I don't know if you felt that. We, like one time, I didn't even talk to you about this, Melissa, in preparation for this, but I remember thinking like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start talking about the Ten Commandments more with our kids. And, and that lasted like three nights, honestly. And it just didn't happen. You know, it just didn't happen in our home. But the really cool thing, I think... But they do know that first commandment, <laughs> right? I mean, we got that far. That's the most important. That's right. That's about it. <laughs> but I think the beauty of it is, is that once you get your vision for your family, and, and I'll, uh, once you have that established, you know, the rules, as you, you can evolve on that, you can screw up. But you can have that moment, I think, where you sit down with your kids and say, listen, I've noticed how... <clears throat> you're disrespecting your mom, okay? And not in the moment, because I don't think it's really tempting in the moment when they're battling and everyone's yelling and all that stuff or however it is in your home. It's not that effective, I don't think. But later on that night or some other time the next day when the waters are calm, of saying, look, man, I've noticed that this has been going on in our house. And in our house, we're not going to do that. 
Okay, that's not in line with what God wants for your life. And I just want you to know, if this is going to happen again, then this is what's going to, this is going to be the consequence. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I, my point is, I think the rules that we establish based on what God wants for our kids, I don't know if you guys feel that way. If you come here discouraged tonight and you feel like, I've screwed up on that many times. So have we, big time. I think the beauty is we can regroup, reestablish them, and get them right back on the path of where God wants for their life. Just practically speaking, um, you know, for us, the best time we found to set this vision for life, that God's got big plans for your life, I can't wait to see what it's going to be, has been at nighttime. Um, and Jeff talked about this in D6 last year, about different key times in the day, and the nighttime, and, and nighttime being a really big one, also dinner time being a big one, and the rides in the car. Um, for us, the nighttime is a time where, no matter what's happened during the day, um, I'll usually pray with them at nighttime in their bed, and... Um, and I, I sometimes I'm tired, you know, I, I don't think I've fallen asleep yet in the middle of the prayer. <laughs> but you have those moments where um, I, I wish I was better at times, be more intentional about that. But one thing I'm trying to remember every single time is getting in that mode of, of saying to him, I can't wait to see what God's going to do in your life. You're a great kid. You're a great kid. You know, I know you made some bad choices today, but I can't wait to see what that's going to be. And just, I'm just, I know I've mentioned that a few times, but just practically speaking for us, the best time it's been is for nighttime. But I think any time to say it repeatable. And you know, we, we, our oldest just turned six. But the beautiful thing about that is everybody at any age loves to know that somebody has big plans for their life. Like even we were driving today and Cole was like, so what are you guys talking about? And I didn't want to say like, well, we're talking about you, you know, but we talked just about like, you know, kind of some of these things. And I asked Cole, I said, so this is the two things we're talking about, the two important things. And I said, so the first thing, and he repeated it back to me, God's got big things for my life. I'm like, that's it. And I said, and he said, you know what? You're a kid too. And I'm like, I am. And he said, yeah, you're God's kid. And I said, you're right. And he goes, God's got big things for your life too. <laughs> and I was just like, he does, you know? And just, so it doesn't matter what age. I mean, some people here probably have old, older kids, right? They still need to hear it. College kids, high school kids, little kids. Like even Grayson, our four-year-old, like we tell him too. You know, we've been telling it to him since maybe he was two. And he gets it, you know? We forget how little kids are and how little kids still just are sponges. And tell them what Grayson said today. Oh, I... Or he, not. Yeah, he, he and I were just talking, and I, um, and I said, Grayson, what comes to your mind when I say to you that God's got big plans for your life? Because like, I want to know, are they thinking, like, I'm going to have a job where I make all this money? I, I'm just curious. I just want to know what, what he thought. And, and, and um, he doesn't talk very well. Sometimes he, um, he, he says words that I can't understand. So it took him like three times to say it, but he said, um, he said, uh, I feel like God's saying that to me himself. Um, and I said, what? And he said, I feel like that's God saying it to me. Um, like he was saying that he felt like God was saying that to him, to, but, but using me to say it to him. I thought, that's maybe the deepest thing he's ever said. <laughs> I was like, Thank, thanks for the timing for that one, buddy. You know, because we were just talking about it today. Because, you know, as you prepare for this, you feel you have vulnerable moments where, Honestly, you get a chance to regroup and talk about what you think is important, and, and it gives you a chance to kind of evaluate, really, how much are they absorbing? And, and, and it's moments like that where you feel like, okay, I'm doing something right every once in a while, mm -hmm. you know, because there's so many other times where you feel like, you know, they're not going to get there, you know, yeah. or you feel like I'm not, I'm not, gonna, not doing a good enough job. So every, every once in a while, I'm sure you guys have that moment occasionally where you feel like maybe I'm on the right track a little bit. 
<laughs> it's good though to ask kids questions because it's, it's always interesting the answers that you get, right? And so it's just good to like know, okay, when I say this, what are they actually processing? Because they do, they just sit and process. But one thing I just like about, I know, just repeating things over and over to your kids is there's a verse in the Bible that I cling to as a mom. And it's Isaiah 55:11, and it says, my word, so God's word, God's word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So even if we don't see the fruits of what we're doing now, God's word says that what we tell our kids from him does not go void. So these little sponges, eventually God is going to use it for big things. Well said. You know, um, a, few, a few years ago, uh, I said I with a friend of mine who I... Uh, I really respect a lot, who, who runs a business in town that's really thriving. I mean, it's a, and he's a godly man, a really great guy. And, and he said to me, you know, families are a lot like businesses. Um, not totally, but there's a lot of similarities. And he said, um, just like in a family, just, he's a, just, excuse me, just like in a business, maybe some of you guys were at the Leadership Summit last year, and Patrick Lencioni, who wrote the book, The Advantage, it was the number one business book in 2012. And it's really cool because basically his main point of his book was exactly what this guy said to me, which was, I feel like in, a, in, a, in an awesome business, the leadership's job is to set a big vision for the business. And it's repeatable. You know, it's something they hear the business, the people in the business hear it a lot. It's, it's a big vision. And then the job of the leaders, so in a family, our job is to set a big vision. And then the job of the leaders of that business is to make sure the expectations are so clearly set to the people, to their, to their workers, that he said, he put it like this, that at the quarterly meetings when I'm sitting down with them, that we've already talked about what the expectations are so clearly that when I sit down with them and I say, you know, you're going to get a raise or whatever it may be, that nothing is a surprise. It's all so, it's all so established that everything that's said to them, I'm, I'm, I'm just delivering the news. I love that phrase. I'm just delivering the news. They already know what's coming because it's already been established. And to us, that's kind of what we're thinking about, what we're striving towards is this idea of having a big vision and then having rules that are so consistent that they know when they break them or they struggle with them that that's going to be established and they know they're going to have a consequence from it. Um, you know, just a couple of months ago, i sorry, I didn't talk to you about this either. Um, Grayson, our four-year-old, second baby, um, joking, he said to me, uh, he said, Daddy, you're the worst daddy ever. The worst daddy ever. And, oh, but then he always follows up with, I love mommy the most. <laughs> Maybe he should be my favorite. I'm just kidding. Um, I think he probably did say that. <laughs> but he's a littler guy. And I remember my first instinct was, you want me to make you a littler person? Like, <laughs> you know? Um, but honestly, I mean, don't you feel that way? Like when you, when you have those moments where you're just like, holy cow, but my... My, I think what, what we're trying to establish is to say when those moments happen, instead of erupting in the moment, it's just, man, that, Grayson, do you realize what you just said, man? Do you know how much that hurts, Daddy? It's this empathy. And that's what the book that we talked about in Bible study with Jeff on Thursday mornings. There's a book, and if, if you've ever, never read it, I would highly recommend it. I, I wish I could say going into parenting, we read all these books, we had all these discussions. We didn't. We read one book, and it was called Love and Logic. And... Um, that book was dynamite for us because when our kids make these bad choices like that moment where he says, you're the worst daddy ever, what the book teaches to do is to, is to express empathy. First of all, I mean, you can get mad in those situations, I guess, too, you know. But the idea is when they make a bad choice, 
sometimes they're non-negotiable choices. Like if they, one of the rules that, going back to the vision of repeating every night, the rule that we think is most important, we try to repeat that throughout the day. So before I leave every morning, I'll, I'll pray for my boys and I'll put my hand on them and I'll pray for them and afterwards I'll say, there's three things you gotta remember today. And sometimes it's a mixture of different things, but one of them, one of our sons was struggling with disrespecting Melissa a lot. And I said, the one thing I want you to remember today is don't disrespect mommy. If you disrespect mommy, that's an immediate timeout, right? So there's no, with love and logic, there are non-negotiable rules that you send them to timeout or whatever you choose to discipline, they're non-negotiables. But there are others where they give them choices. And Melissa, it'd be great for you to talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of goes through this whole idea of our families being organizations, right? And our family, we are the CEO of our organization, of our family. But there's a boss over us, and that's God, right? So our job as CEO is to make sure our little employees, who happen to be nine months, four years, and six years old, know the rules, right? So that quarterly which happens to be sometimes 10 times a day, <laughs> we can go through with them like, these are, these are the rules to make us successful. These are the rules that you need to know so that, so that you can get to where God wants you to be, right? Without, without yuckiness in your life. Because we all break rules, we all have consequences, right? And they know that we are all sinful creatures. I've apologized to my kids before. I will again, right? Sometimes at the end of the day when it's been a really bad one. But just that they know that we're not the bad guys, right? It's not mommy's and daddy's rules like, oh, you made us so mad, go to your room, go to timeout. Because then what happens is they get this mentality like, I'm a bad boy, I'm a bad girl, and now I'm being punished, right? But in an organization, it's, it's not bad employees, right? It's employees that make bad choices. Same thing with the family. It's like these kiddos need to know that God loves them, that we love them, and there's choices, right? Good choices, and bad choices, and those choices lead to consequences, okay? So as an organization too, as an employee, we keep talking about this just because a lot of us work and we can kind of visualize that. Um, employees who make good choices, right? They get pats on the backs like, that was really good, right? Well, our kids need that too. And so when we're talking to them throughout the day, you know, it might be something that little like, um, okay, you know what, you need to either sit at the dinner table, or if you choose you not to sit at the, the dinner time. table, the you're going to have to go to timeout, right? So it's clear. It is there, okay? And so if they sit at the dinner table, it's like, that was a really good choice. Good job, buddy. You know, it's kind of like, beam. Because then what do you do? You like that feeling of making good choices, correct? But also at the same time, and that's a consequence of a good choice, right? Yay, good for you. So, but if you make a bad choice, then there's a consequence to that too. And the beautiful thing about knowing this early on, like we have thanked God so many times for learning this when our kids were little, because as we get older, the consequences get worse, right? They get more painful. So like at the age of three, you know, oh, I am sorry. That really is a bummer. You have to go to timeout for making that bad choice, right? Timeout might seem to the end of the world, right? At the time, it's like, no, timeout. Three minutes away from everybody. You know, it's like drama. Um, it's such an easier consequence. And if you don't teach them that, and they're 16 and they get caught for doing drugs or whatever it might be, you know? You know, and we all will deal with these hard things, you know, and those are harder consequences. So the goal is to like learn the rules, 
learn about consequences, and because it's also empowering, right? Like for a kid to make a good choice or know that they have control over the consequences is a healthy empowerment because they'll keep that with them, right? And if you're doing these choices over and over, day, 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 by the time you're 16 and you make a good choice, our goal is that our kids would choose the right choice and feel empowered by it. Not that they will all the time, because they will not. I do not do it all the time. Like one time I put my child in timeout eight times and he fell asleep in the corner in timeout. And I am like, why can't you learn this? And then I just heard God saying, Melissa, why don't you learn this? Because I do the same things repetitively too. So it's just, we are all sinful creatures. They are lots. We are lots. And so it's just a healthy way of just learning this the older and the younger they get. One thing that we really took away from last year's D6 was, and I don't know who all was here for that, but when um, we watched that video from Andy Stanley, and they talked about the different um, stages of discipline, right? So you start out in the discipline phase, which literally lasts forever when you're in it, but it lasts till five, when you're time out, time out, time out. And then as they get older, you can graduate into coaching and being a friend at the very end. Well, the nice thing about what we're going to talk about is it really does span all of those things because they have choices in all of them. And teaching them God's word and God's choices is something that's going to be there in the training phase and as our kids are 16 and 18. Um, what was I going to say yeah, just about that? i take you back on something you said. Yeah. Um, just, just one other side note about the, the rules part, because I think that can be a little confusing from a standpoint of the, the Love and Logic book. One of the things it really established was when I first heard this idea of choices, um, I thought, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, there's some things I don't want to give them choice. Like if they're running out in the street chasing a ball, I don't want to say, hey, next time you do that, there's going to be a choice. You have this. Yeah. It's literally, that's a non-negotiable. You're in timeout, right? Yeah. So I didn't, once I understood, okay, there are non-negotiables, then there are things that are the rest of everyday life that we all deal with all the time, right? So I don't know if you guys experience this, but our three-year-old, for example, when he was three, um, every time it was time to put on his shoes, it was like a big battle. It was like, we're getting ready to go somewhere. We need to put your shoes on, right? So and the, every the, time it was like, shoes, what? And the, yes. the book did a great job of kind of talking through that exact example. The example they gave was basically, okay, uh, you need to put your shoes on. They don't put your shoes on. Okay, Grayson, you have a choice. You can put on your red shoes or your blue shoes, right? He doesn't make the choice. Then you make the choice for him. You're putting on your blue shoes, okay? And then next time, if he's still struggling to do it on, then you make the decision to say, okay, Grayson, you need to put on your red shoes. If he doesn't, say, you have a choice. Red shoes or you're going to timeout. I hope you make the right choice. I really do. I don't want to take, I mean, and we talk about this, I'm like, daddy doesn't like taking a time out, daddy doesn't like spanking or whatever, you know, it's, it's we, we want you to make the right choice, and then he puts on his shoes, and you literally put them on your shoulders, and run around the house, Grayson made a good choice, did you see that, Cole, and this idea of, like, really empowering the good choice, like, phenomenal, you know, but then when they make the bad choice, it's not, can't believe you made that bad choice, I have to ask you five times to put your shoes on, you know, and that's my instinct, you know, and my brother, who's a couple <clears throat> years older than me, he had kids before us, and uh, I just felt so sorry for that when I was at their house. You know, it was a lot of this, that sort And I think that's a natural. I mean, if you're in that stage, we were at that stage at a time, and we still struggle with that at times. So I'm not making fun of that. But that's something that I think by far is a natural instinct to do that. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about this love and logic mindset was you never as a parent feel out of control because you're giving them the choice either way. If they make the bad choice, it's, oh man. And sometimes they wail and cry, but I just put them on my shoulders, walk them to timeout, sit them down. And sometimes they start walking out of timeout and you go back, sit them down. And you say, if you leave this area, 
your timeout's going to go to six minutes, you know, <laughs> they wail and all this. But again, I don't want to get into strategies, but I think the mindset of that book really empowered me as a parent to feel like I'm never out of control. And I felt out of control before that. Yeah. And I mean, as lovely as we'd be like to say, okay, time to go to your timeout corner Ugh. and it works. It doesn't all the time. Or I'd like to be able to say that I do that all the time. But sometimes when you have somebody crying, somebody doing this, it's like, what are you doing? Because my natural fallback would probably be to yell, right? So then when I yell at my child, it's just like your boss yelling at you as an employee, right? How does that make you feel? Mad, right? So when, you're, when you yell at your kid and your kid yells back, it's no surprise. It's not like, oh, I understand, mom. I will do that better, you know? No, they're gonna retaliate the way you attack them. And so in my moments, when I do that, I'm just like, Ugh. it's like two people are hurt, we haven't learned anything, and there's no relationship resolution. So this is our goal for us. And we're gonna go through just a practical example of how we do this. You might think, crazy, but this is just one way that we feel like God is saying like, show them who I am. And I asked Cole, our oldest, I'm like, you know, when I discipline you, why do I discipline you? And he goes, because God's your boss. I said, yes, yes, he is. And I said, so what is he doing with me? He's like, teaching me your rules. I'm like, yes, he's obviously listened to me a hundred times as we said this. And then I was like, so how do you feel afterwards? He said, good. I'm like, so after you go to timeout, you feel good? He goes, yeah. And I was like, why is that? Because I know you love me. And we need those boundaries. You know, we need to know that, that there are choices and that somebody cares about enough us enough to discipline us. It's like, I remember the first time I left the house after my third was born, I had two hours. Kyle goes, just go do whatever you do. And I was literally driving down the road and I had no idea where to go. I was like, what do I do? And it was like this overwhelming sensation. I'm like, this is what it feels like to be two and to have all these directions. And I'm like, this is why we have boundaries. This is why we have discipline. And God does the same, I didn't talk to you about this. All of a sudden I'm realizing two hours, now I'm excited about that. I'm like, I have a list, no. But just like, but just this idea of like, that's boundaries. And that's what God's doing too. God has boundaries so that we can stay within his will, so we can stay within his plan. So, and it does, it makes you feel loved. So just, do you want me to go over an example? I, or? I think we did, actually. I think I may have gone ahead, and, you know, going okay. through the example. I think we talked about it. If right. you, you can talk about it again, or you can well, see what they want to hear. One thing that we haven't talked about, um, I guess, is what happens after you discipline them. So in our house, we use timeout. Again, whatever you do. But in our house, we do timeout. So then it's like, okay, my child went to timeout. He sat in timeout. Now what, right? Because you can't just be like, timeout's over and not address it because then something's not learned. Nothing's gained. The relationship is not restored. And so, um, so it's really important that no matter how busy we are, no matter how mad we are, that we come, we calm ourselves down. It's kind of like a timeout for yourself too. And just be like, okay, let's talk about this. And so do you want to kind of go through kind of what we try to hit every time? Sure, I think that, um, I think we can, you guys could teach us a lot about this. Yeah. Um, I think the reality, we, we're just trying to focus on a few simple things. Jeff's talked about this before and, and gave some really good insights. I'm sorry, Jeff, if I don't hit one of the ones you nailed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to us, it goes back to the idea of, of um, getting back to the fact that they, they broke a rule, that the bottom line is it's all about being, helping them be who God wants them to be. And um, just, just as a side example on this, um, you know, recently, and I think this is, I think we need to end, right, Jeff? Okay. The, um, I do want to say this. 
the, the thing that I think uh, that happened to me recently that kind of reinforced the whole thing of what we're talking about today is um, this idea. I, I sat down with, with Cole and I said, Cole, what's my number one job in life? And he said to be an eye doctor. I said, no, <laughs> that's, my, that's what I do. But I, he said, what's, what's my number one? And, he, and we, we also own a company. And he said, to, to run KMK, that's our business. And I, I said, no. And, uh, and, he, and I said, what, what else? And, he, and long story short, he got it finally. But the, the message I was conveying, my, my number one job, Cole, if, if, if all of a sudden people decide to go to another eye doctor tomorrow, I could lose my job like that, you know? If someone decided not to use our company anymore, we wouldn't have a company. The only thing that I'm irreplaceable at, the only job I have, that I, the only job that God gives me that says this is the one job you have that nobody else in the world could do is to be your dad. That's, that's my favorite thing in life, and that's the number one thing God's called me to do more than anything else I do is to be your dad. And so I want you to know that I'm going to do everything I can when it comes to what happens in our household to take care of you, and to help you get to where you need to be spiritually. And, and I think, again, um, no matter where we're at tonight, if you're listening to this and thinking it sounds crazy or if it sounds discouraging, I hope it encourages you. But I think the bottom line is when you can sit down with your kids, I think any of us, because as I told you before, um, this is, this is a something we're still learning, you know. Um, but I think any of us can sit down with our kids and, and have this moment where they know we are for you. God is for you. God has big plans. God's, God's going to do something awesome with your life, and I can't wait to see what it is. And my job is to do everything I can to help you be aligned with that. You know, I think we can all do that. And I guess after, you know, discipline, just real quick, is, you know, at the end we're like, you know, we make them say sorry. We make sure we say I forgive you, you know, and know that we're on their team. And we always ask, do I still love you? And the answer, they always say yes. Does God still love you? Yes. Because when they goof up in their 20s, they need to know that if they royally mess up and fail, that God still loves them. And then we say, does God have big plans for your life? Yes. Because in their 20s and 70s or whatever age, they still, God has big plans in their life, even if they failed. And I remember in the car one time, well, kind of maybe end like this, but um, we were driving and Cole was thinking about something he did. And he goes, God knew I was going to do that, didn't he? And I said, yep. You know, a mistake, right? A mistake he made. A mistake he made. Well, he went to timeout for it. And I said, yep, he did. And I said, but he created you anyway. Yeah, he did. And I said, does he love you still? Yep, he does. And I said, "Um, does he still have a plan for you? Yes. And I just hope that our prayer for our kids is those two big points, again, that they would just carry them the whole way. And then he goes, man, God knew about that all the way back in the 80s. And I was like, God knew he was gonna all make that the mistake. way back then, baby, all the way back to the 80s. But so I guess one thing that we just want to leave you with, too, is just what are your two big things? Like, I don't think that God meant for parenting to be so awful and so hard. I think the world is awful. I think that sin is awful. And those are the things that as parents we really have to battle. But just I would think... Uh, for your family, what are the two big things you want your kiddos to take away with? And just what are two things about discipline that you want to be consistent about and on the same page about? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Back in the 80s, I like that. Smart kid, right? 
Hey, really, wonderful job. Um, hey, I want to give you just 30 seconds, and then I have some announcements to give you after that. But would you take 30 seconds, just write maybe one thing on your card that you would take home and say, this is just one thing that I can apply from tonight. So go ahead, take 30 seconds, and then I'll, I'll close this out, okay? Go ahead and go. Okay, all right. I told you I'd only give you 30 seconds, so there you go. Um, for me, it was this one. It's this whole idea that God is for you, you know. For our kids to be able to know that, thank you guys. That's awesome. Um, several great things. So um, really appreciate you guys coming. Wonderful job. Hey, I want to give you just a, a couple of announcements, things that are, uh, and you just need you to be aware of. Uh, first of all, if you look at the center of your tables, you'll notice you've got your take-home cards. If you want to take those out right now, it's just one card per family, and we've got extras in the back if you, um, if you want to take an extra, put an extra in, in, in a different place in your home. The design for these, if you're new to D6, is we've also got these magnets with these big hooks on them uh, that are available out in the hallway as well. And we just would encourage you, take this card, put it on the refrigerator. We'll give you a different card every week. But on this card, you're going to see what we're going to be talking about um, as far as what virtue are we trying to drive home with our kids um, in their separate time. And then you'll also hear about one virtue. We're going to cover one virtue every two to three weeks um, downstairs as well. And so that virtue for tonight and for next week is responsibility. Um, raise your hand if you're glad that we're teaching on that. I know I was like, yes, yeah, way to go team. Um, and here's the bottom line for tonight. So this is the thing that your kids have already heard about and we're going to reinforce it downstairs. We want you then to be able to walk away with the tools to carry this conversation on throughout the rest of the week. So here it is. The virtue is responsibility and it's um, show you can be trusted by taking taking care of what God has made, okay? So you'll be able to drive that sentence home and talk about that with your family. We've also got a memory verse for you for this virtue of responsibility. So you'll see that there. That's at Luke 16, verse 10. We would encourage you not to make your kids memorize that, but parents, for us to be able to lead out and say, you know what, we're going to do this together as a family. Um, dads is just as much on the hook for this as any kid in our home, okay? So that's our goal with that is just that this would be a family thing. Again, we want to do everything we can to equip and empower the family to thrive spiritually. You'll notice on the back of the card then, we've got some different activities for you. Um, we try to really simplify this for you this year. And so you're just going to get one card a week, and you'll notice on the back of it, there's an activity that you can do in the car. We call that the drive time. Then there's an activity that you could do at mealtime. Maybe just this is an easy conversation starter for you. Um, um, again, you might go off onto a different tangent, and that's totally fine. Again, our desire is just to get the conversation started. And then, as Kyle said, you know, they're, they're, they're just great times for us to connect with our kids. One of the really good ones is at nighttime. So we wanted to give you just, when you're putting them to bed, maybe this is just a conversation starter. Again, tweak it for the age of your kids, but we just hope that this will be a helpful thing. If nothing else, it can be a reminder of, okay, boom. I want to be intentional this week, and I'm going to go back next week, and I'm going to get another boost and an, another couple ways to be intentional with my kids. So, uh, so that's that. Also want you to know um, we've got some CDs that are for sale. They're $5. Um, the reason I'm, I'm, pro, the reason I'm, I'm talking about the, the CD is because the lyrics are so strong. Um, Rob wrote this CD, and I'm just so impressed. I texted him the other day. This is last Sunday. I was riding in the car. I was like, 
bro, I am so thankful to God for how he's gifted you. Um, and uh, it's, he just takes scripture, puts it to music, and it's a way for your kids just to, instead of thinking whatever, to be thinking just some, some great godly stuff. So I would encourage you to, to, uh, to check that out. Again, that's for sale in our upper and lower lobby at our information counter for D6 stuff. I um, want you to know next week, Pastor Steve will be with us sharing about the importance of modeling um, how to share our faith um, with our kids. And um, so that's going to be a powerful night. That's really right in his wheelhouse. He modeled that for his kids, and I've heard about the impact that that had on them. And so really excited for you to hear that next week. And then after that, we're going to have Dr. Jim Ekman here with us. Um, he was the president of Grace University. He still teaches there, but just a godly man. And he's going to help equip us to know what are some key questions that our kids should be be able to answer. So we're going to have him for um, three weeks in a row. So that'll be, that'll be great as well. So, hey, let me pray for us. And uh, you need to run and quickly pick up your kids to save my job. All right. All right. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for Kyle and Melissa. Lord, thank you for the grace that you pour on us as parents. And Lord, we just want to take away one thing tonight and by your grace, walk out of here and say, you know what? We're not perfect parents but we're the kind of parents that we're looking ahead and we're saying, you know what, we're going to be intentional with this incredible thing that you've entrusted to us called parenting, and we want to lead our kids well, Lord. So we love you. We pray now for the rest of our night. We pray that it be an awesome connection with our kids. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.